you are listening to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're an evangelical covenant church located in western Wisconsin outside of Ellsworth, and you can find out more about us on our website, BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and thank you for listening. So we're doing uh, Acts 13 and 14 uh, this month, uh, today, uh, going right along with our, uh, our study in Acts. Um, I don't have on the screen all the, all the text of the verses, so this can be old-fashioned. Pick up your Bibles uh, on your phone. Uh, mine's right there, but you know, a lot of Bibles on the phone or in the pews, Acts 13 and 14. <clears throat> a few years ago, uh, Sherry and I thought we would want to go south for, uh, go to a nice warm beach in February, in January, February, and being we retired, we figured that's something we ought to do. So we kind of had to decide um, a warm beach was our destination. But uh, we're, did we think about Florida or the Alabama Gulf Coast or down the Texas Gulf Coast? Or, um, you know, where you want to go, that's going beyond the destination to maybe the journey. So we decided on Florida. And then there's the Panhandle or down in the Keys. The, the, you know, you go to the Keys an extra day of driving. Uh, the, the uh, Gulf Coast, nice beaches, the Atlantic Coast, a little bit more turbulent. Um, and then how are we going to get there? Are we going to fly, get there in, a, in just a few hours, or drive? Um, interstate, we decided to drive. I mean, we had, a, we had a new road trip truck after we retired, so we're going to drive down there. And are you going to take the interstates, get down there straight in 24 hours? Or are we going to take some time to get there and by going to some different places, you know? I thought about seeing the Gateway Arch. Gateway Arch in St. In, uh, Louis, and then Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. I'd driven by that many times in Ohio. I want to go there. The Grand Ole Opry would be fun. And, you know, so you can see that's a, that's a journey. You know, the destination would just be straight down there in uh, 20 hours. Uh, heck, you could leave at 3 in the morning and get there at midnight. We used to do that with kids. But, or do you want to take, take a journey and get there a lot of different ways? I'm sure many of you have had those thoughts too. Are you going to get there right away or how are you going to go down there? How, you know, that's the difference between the journey and just reaching a destination. Well, I'm just praying that most of you have, have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because once you've accepted Christ as your Savior, and you know, you've been touched by God through the Holy Spirit in your heart to, to believe on things uh, that, that are exposed in the, in the Scriptures, you know, that, that, that we're all sinned and we uh, uh, are sinned and um, we, uh, we don't deserve uh, Christ, we don't deserve heaven with Christ's salvation, we have evil in our hearts, and that uh, Jesus Christ was uh, God in flesh, the triune God, and he went to the cross to pay that penalty for our sins. And that would have been a terrible thing if it stopped there, but the wonderful thing was three days later he rose again. And that, and that Jesus said, you know, um, he loves us so much, and that all we need to do is to believe on him, and we can have everlasting life. So quite a bit different than the, the, the history of the uh, Jewish people that he was raised up in at the time. This was a big change. But once you've accepted Christ as your, uh, for your salvation, you ha- your eternal destination is set. 
You know, at the end of your life, you have a new destination. You know, life with the Heavenly Father forever. And, uh, you can uh, uh, praise and uh, sing praises to His name all the time. So that's the destination. Not Panama City Beach, but the end of your life is a destination. Now, how you get there is your journey. So we want to talk about, in Romans 13, um, looking at uh, Romans 13, verse 1, and there were um, local church leaders gathered here. Uh, okay, verse 1. Now in the church of the Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon, Lucius of Cyrene, Manon, and Saul. They were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. So they fasted and prayed and placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now this was... Um, the local church leadership, they were worshiping, they were allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts. The Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul. They listened to the Holy Spirit. And they placed their hands on them, not to impart any special uh, uh, spiritual um, workings from themselves, but to indicate that they, they agreement and, and they supported the Lord and they supporting them in their work, and they were sent off as representatives. So they were going to leave Antioch and go somewhere. They had just kind of a destination to go out there and preach. And when you look at your life's journey, when you, you were called by the Holy Spirit to this belief in God, to belief in Jesus, and, and without Him directing your, your paths like... Uh, like John, uh, John Stroud's sung last week, without him I would be lost, a ship without a sail. I mean, if you just have a, your destination is the end of your life, what are you going to do? What are the things that are going to be important in your life? Well, that's what makes your life a journey instead of just a destination. And by trusting in the Holy Spirit, we can get some, def- some directions on that. So in verse 4, the two of them, Paul and Barnabas, and they had a helper, John Mark, were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. And they went down to Seclusia, and they sailed to Cyprus, and they got through Cyprus, and they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Now, this is where they went first. They went first to uh, preach to the Jews. Um, On verse 6, they traveled through the whole island until they came at the other end of the island to Paphos. And... um, there they met, uh, says a Jewish sorcerer named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. Now, you remember earlier in Acts, um, that Cornelius was a Roman, a Roman, uh, cent- Roman centurion, I believe, and uh, he sent for Peter, and he got some information from Peter about the gospel. Now, this was kind of unique, because here we were uh, talking to Gentiles, and Peter uh, started, you know, talking to Gentiles, and it was, you know, the Lord had to speak to him a couple of times to ensure that the gospel message was for the Gentiles also. And here, Paul is speaking to the proconsul, like the local governor of the Roman government, Sergius Paulus. And he had sent for him, and he had sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. So not only is the, you know, the word is kind of going out ahead of them. I mean, Jesus, uh, you know, all the, the things that happened in Jerusalem, uh, 
on the, with the crucifixion, the resurrection, uh, that would have been a few years before, and the word has spread, uh, not as fast as it does today, but the word spread, and he wanted to hear about God. But Elimus, uh, the sorcerer, for that's what his name was, opposed and tried to turn the pearl council from the faith. You know, it says uh, Paul, or Peter later writes in 1 Peter 5, 8, our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And Satan is always going to oppose the word of God. And that's just what happened here. There is a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet who opposed them. And in our life, as we go th- on our journey through life, and we want to tell people about the Lord, we want to experience his goodness in our lives, we're going to be opposed too. The Satan's going to run about uh, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour us. But Saul, who was also called Paul, now this is the first time here in verse 9, the first time that Saul takes on the name Paul, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So he had some spiritual discernment. And he looked right at Elimus and said in verse 10, you are a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that's right. You're full of all kinds of trickery. Uh, stop perverting the ways of the Lord. And, um, and then he, he, he proclaimed upon him what the Lord is going to do. He says, you're going to be a blind for a time, not able to see even the light of the sun. I wonder where Paul got that idea. Maybe on the road to Damascus, he remembered that. So, point out here is that uh, Paul knew he spoke some truth in saying that in verse 10 you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that's right we are also filled with the same Holy Spirit that filled Paul at this time and some of the gifts of this spirit would be our discernment and you can have discernment at times when God is opposing you in your life in your journey to follow him and reach and teach others So we can confront those people also who pervert the ways of the Lord, just like Paul said right here. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? And we can use the Lord's name and have influence over them against those who would oppose our walk with the Lord. So then the uh, Elimus immediately became uh, uh, blind and he was, and the proconsul saw what was happening. And he was amazed at the teachings of the Lord. So this is like it's one of the earlier signs and wonders that, that, Paul, that was exhibited to convince people of the word of God. And it made a difference there because he was amazed at the teachings. There are times in your life that God does amazing things. There could be uh, you're on a journey somewhere and... Um, you have car problems, and somehow they get fixed. You need help, and the kids are, uh, you're in a parking lot with crying kids, and somebody comes up, up and helps one of the children while you uh, are attending to the other one. There's all kinds. You can be on an airplane and have a tough time and be sitting next to a stranger who ministers to you, or you could minister to them. There's a lot of amazing things that happens in your lives, and these are worth remembering. You know, when the, uh, the, when the tribes of Israel crossed the Jordan River and, you know, and they uh, put down the staff and the water stopped and they crossed the river into the promised land, what did they do on the other side? 
the leaders from each tribe took a couple of big rocks and they made a monument on the other side of the Jordan so that they could remember that. And uh, he said that, you know, when your children ask, what are these stones all here? You can tell them uh, what God did. Uh, what, you know, Josh says, you can tell them what God did in the land, the good things in the past. So it's important that we remember those monuments in our life where God has really helped us. Um, after Paphos, uh, Paul, and they sailed uh, across Syria up into uh, uh, Turk, what's now Turkey, to Pamphylia, and then John left them. Uh, so they said there was just the two of them, John and Bar- uh, Paul and Barnabas, and John was their helper. A lot of times it's good to help other people in Christian walks of life. You maybe support a missionary who's overseas, you're a helper, the same way. Um, and then they went on to... Uh, um, uh, Pisidian Antioch, the, another Antioch, uh, and they went into the synagogue to sit down, and um, they went to the Jews first there. So they're, they're being directed by the Spirit where they were going to go to. Uh, they left uh, Pathos, and they went up uh, into uh, the mainland there. Now, our, our journey might not be moving across country as our journey with the Lord. There may be things that we need direction in, uh, maybe something about school. Where are you going to go to school? Any a, a higher education you're going to get. What church you go to? There's a lot of good churches. And the word of the Lord is preached wonderfully in many places. Uh, the friends, um, a spouse, you know, work, your relationship with the co-workers. God and, and His Holy Spirit can have influence on you in all of these ways. And the way you make decisions in your life defines your journey. Are you going to follow the Lord or not? And here, uh, Paul and Barnabas went on to the uh, Pisidian there. Uh, and in the synagogue, as usual, um, he, he went there, and they did a lot of the, uh, uh, the reading of the law and the prophets. And then they said, Brother, if you have any word of exhortation, in verse 15, please speak to the people. So Paul spoke in an orderly fashion. He was invited to speak. Now, the next um, 16 through 22, Paul gives uh, the same kind of thing that Peter did earlier. He gives him kind of a history of, of the, uh, what God had, had done with the people of Israel. Now, you may say, why, would, why in, a, in a synagogue would he go down and talk about, um, about the people of Israel who left Egypt and the you know, 40 years in the wilderness um, and the sons of kings and uh, Saul and David. Why do that? Well, first of all, it's showing the truth of God's word throughout Israel's history because there's a lot of prophecies that Jesus filled. And also, not in the verse 16, he says, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God. You know, there's a lot uh, in in these, uh, at this time, there are the Gentiles who feared God. Um, You know, as the Jews left uh, Israel, uh, in centuries past, they had synagogues to maintain their faith, but it was open to uh, other people, and there were a lot of Jews in there who, who were interested in God or followed God, but they may not have a knowledge of all of the scriptures. So Paul is making uh, a real effort here to give a history lesson to the Gentiles so they know about how Jesus was foretold in prophecy in the scriptures. 
in our own lives and our own journey, I know it's important to know the Old Testament. I know a lot of people, a lot of times we just want to focus on the New Testament, what Jesus did. But man, it's so awesome if you can see through the Old Testament all the prophecies that are filled. You know, Jesus riding on a donkey, uh, on, um, coming up to, uh, on Holy Week. Uh, there's just so many things of the prophecies that uh, Christ filled. So I think that's a, good re- that's a real reason why uh, Paul does this oftentimes. But then there's some new things, not just history. In verse 25, uh, or 23, Paul says, From this man that be David's descendant, God brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. So this was new. They probably heard about it. But it's, we don't, you know, they didn't have the New Testament to read. They didn't have all these letters compiled to understand what had happened. So he's got to tell them. And before the coming of Jesus, there is John the Baptist. He talks about them. And then the, he mentions uh, this, uh, the salvation, this message of salvation was, was brought in verse 26. It says, fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, as to us this message of salvation has been sent. So this was, you know, just emphasizing this is not a Jewish, a Hebrew thing for the, for the people of Israel. This is for everybody in the world. Um, in verse 27, he says, you know, uh, there's, there's some kind of split here because the, the people of Jerusalem and the rulers did not recognize Jesus. Um, but in condemning them, they fulfilled the words of the prophets. And so this is an explanation of their histories. I'm jumping to verse 32. Uh, Paul says, we're telling you the good news. What God has promised to our ancestors, he's filled for us by raising up Jesus. You know, the whole resurrection, it, that's the key. The resurrection of Jesus is the key to our salvation because that way, uh, just by our beliefs in Christ, we can have that eternal life. Um, and if, if it wasn't any clearer, then, it could, then he was, said it again in verse 38. Uh, Paul says, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin a justification that you were not able to obtain under the law of the Moses. So this is available to the Gentiles. We can't keep all of the laws. You know, the law is there to show us our inability, our imperfection. But by believing, accepting Christ's salvation, uh, we have that forgiveness of sins. Uh, In verse 42, Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue and the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. So the word is getting out there and people are asking. They're asking them, hey, come back. Can we come back next week? Talk to us. In your journey, in your life, people are going to ask you, why are you so happy all the time? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at the grocery store that you, or wherever it is. People are going to ask you, and they're going to notice the difference. What is it in your life that, um, that makes you happy or um, makes you different than other people? 
So Paul, he was getting on a roll here. He knew just what to say in the synagogues when people asked them. He continues to talk, talk to them about the grace of God and salvation through Christ. Do you have a two-minute elevator speech? You know, if you're, if you're stuck in an elevator with somebody and, and somebody says, hey, uh, man, you're, you're looking pretty good today. Why, uh, you know, what's up? You seem pretty good. Okay, yeah, I got that elevator speech. I know, you know, the next 30 seconds what I'm going to say before the door dings and it opens up. It's got a captive audience right there. So I challenge you to have, you know, kind of on the tip of your tongue, something that you would say to people when they notice and ask, ask you, give you the option to say, what is it that's different in your life? That's an important thing. Um, in verse 44, um, on, they said, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So man, isn't that great? The Holy Spirit is there talking to a whole town, and, and so almost the whole town comes. But when it says in 45, and the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. You know, wherever God is working good in your lives, in our lives, in our own personal journey, when things are going good, what's going to happen? Satan is going to oppose it. And that's what happens here. And uh, 46, Paul and Barnabas answer them. He says, we had to speak the word of God to you first at the synagogue. But since you reject it, uh, do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. So he's speaking to the Gentiles, the other half of the city, saying that, you know, this way that we're preaching you about, it's not just for the Hebrews, it's for everybody. And this, and Paul was called out, um, and he brings up some Old Testament scripture, uh, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you might bring salvation to the end of the earth. Like Luke, when he was writing, Luke was a, uh, Dr. Luke was a good, close friend of Paul, as I understand, and, um, and so they had a lot, of, you know, a lot of conversation. They knew each other well when he wrote the Acts, um, emphasizing that, that Paul was a light to the Gentiles because the, um, the Old Testament and Jesus was not just for those of the Jewish faith. It was for the whole world. And for verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life, believed. So some people might say, well, if in verse 46, Paul kind of abandoned the, 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 other, the other Jews for eternal life, but in 48, he kind of makes it clear, all who were appointed for eternal life believed. You know, as much in our life, as much we, we want to convince some of our family, our friends, or the people we know to follow the Christ and follow the Lord as we did, we can do all that we can, but we can't do it all. That's where the Holy Spirit of God has to call people. And as you go through your life, you've found out, I'm sure, that there, no matter what you say and do, sometimes, sometimes there's not, nothing more you can do. There's nothing more you can do because all who were appointed for eternal life believed. In verse 49, the uh, word of the Lord spread uh, through the whole region. So it's, word is traveling fast, 
But the Jewish leaders incited uh, men and women, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, so they got kicked out of the region. In verse 51, it says, They shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them. And then they left, and uh, they went with joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, that, have you, is there any other place, if you remember any other place in the New Testament where Jesus tells their disciples to shake the dust off of their feet and go on to the next place? Yeah, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's three times when Jesus sent people out on a journey to talk. And he says, you know, if you go to a town or a place and you're not welcomed, people don't listen to you. You know, it's not like you have to stay there and stay there and make, and, you know, after you preach the gospel but you're not welcome, he tells them to, you know, okay, call it quits. Don't waste any of your time. You've done everything you could. The Holy Spirit is there. All who were appointed for eternal life will believe. Now it's time to move on to the next place. So the same thing in our lives. I think that if you're faced with a lot of opposition and you're unwelcomed here, uh, you know, you, you do your best, you're going to be led by the Spirit, you're going to do, do all that you can do, but there's a point. And I think in our lives, and we have to say, I can't do any more here. It's up to God. Because we're not God. We can't, we can't give salvation to somebody. It's an individual thing. So, they were faced with this opposition, and uh, they... The, the Lord had worked, and they went on to uh, the next place. So now in Acts 14, they were in Iconium, and the same thing happened. There's a great multitude of the Jews and the Greeks, and they believed. Um, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly to the wit- witness to people. We're going to have positive events in our life. We're going to have wonderful things that happen, and we're also going to have negative things that happened. Um, you know, those things, the negative things that happen were not going so well. We can remove ourselves from them. You don't stay in a place where you're persecuted too much. You know, certainly there are, um, there are times in life when people need to get out of a situation that's unhealthy or unsafe, and, and you do what you have to do. But when things are going good, you know, you make hay when the sun shines, you know, Right? Make hay when, when it's good, when it's dry, you're going to get out there, roll it over, and you're going to make hay uh, when, it's, when, it's, 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 when it's right. And therefore, in verse 3, they stayed there a long time because many people were believing. Verse 4, just like uh, in one of the previous towns here, the city was divided. Um, part of the Jews, uh, part, side, part were sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. But this time, there was a real bad thing, a violent attempt by the Gentiles and the Jews to abuse them and to stone them. But somebody told them, and they left the area. I'm sure the Holy Spirit there, and they went on to Derby. <clears throat> and in the, in, they went uh, to Lystra, and there is an, another uh, uh, miracle of signs and wonders to help people believe that these men are really from the Lord. Uh, a man, in verse 8, a man who was crippled and never walked. You know, Paul, because the Spirit was in him, saw that he had faith to be healed. In verse 10, he said, stand up on your feet. And he leapt and he walked around. 
So there's going to be times in your life when God blesses you in an unexpected way. You need to remember them. Uh, they went on now to... Um, what, when people saw what this, uh, this man was healed, uh, they wanted to... Uh, um, they came down and they were thinking that they were gods, that they were Zeus and Hermes. They didn't have a lot of the history in the context of the, of the Jewish uh, history. And they wanted to offer to them. Uh, verse 14, Paul and Barnabas said, Nope, nope, you're not going to do this. They insisted that they know the truth and not false beliefs. They were not the Greek gods that did this. So, you know, as in your life, in your journey, as you are going to try and explain the gospel, there's people who are not going to understand, uh, because of today's society, people are not going to understand the basics of Christianity. I mean, 50 years ago, um, things were different. 50 years ago, on Wednesday nights, they had no school activities because all the kids went to church. You would never have a softball game on a Sunday because you went to church. Our society is different. So in Sunday school classes, we need to teach uh, just the basic stories out of the, out of the um, Bible stories to kids. And young adults, when they come to know the Lord because God touches their heart, they may have no knowledge of those. I remember being in places where young, young families uh, would come and want to be in the, in the Sunday school classes we were teaching because they had never been taught all the Bible stories. They wanted to hear it. You know, some just very basic understanding of the scriptures. So we are in a post-Christian society. And when you talk to people, you're going to have to explain the scriptures. Just like here, uh, Barnabas and Paul had to convince them, we're not gods ourselves. And here's some prophecies that explain who we are. <clears throat> and when they preached the gospel and they uh, continued to move on, they went to Derby. And that um, verse 19, they went to Antioch and Iconium and they persuaded the multitudes of the Jews, stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, expecting him to be dead. So this is, you know, the violence is getting worse and worse. Now these are people whose stoning is part of their culture. I mean, I mean it's something that's been done. It's nothing new. And I would suppose that if you stone somebody and drag him out of the city and leave him for dead, he's really going to be dead. But the disciples gathered around him, and verse 20, he rose up. I mean, this is amazing, amazing miracle that he wasn't killed and that, and that they stabbed, they gathered around him, and I'm sure they prayed. It doesn't say that here. And then he went on to Derby, which was the uh, kind of the halfway point, the turnaround point of his trip. That sure seemed like a hopeless situation. Paul being stoned and drug out, uh, out to die. But God can change what seems like a hopeless situation in our individual journeys. There could be times when things, we think things are really bad. Call some friends, pray, seek the Lord, and maybe things will turn around. That God was blessing them. So they preached the gospel and they made many disciples and then they're kind of turning around. They go back, backwards through Lystra, Iconium, Antioch. And it says, They strengthened the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in faith. 
all these places that they went through, they were faced with opposition. And they had so they went, went city to city, and so many people spoke against them. I'm not exactly sure how long here, but it says they stayed quite a while. <clears throat> so maybe it's the next season, maybe it's a year later. But when they came back, came back through those places, instead of finding uh, deserts of Christianity, they found flourishing churches. Can you imagine this? How much exciting for them that they prayed and they fasted and they commended in the Lord every place they were. They found a lot of churches there and they, and they were uh, praying for them. Uh, appointed elders in every church in verse 23. These are places that, that they had come through the previous year or whenever and just preached the gospel and now there's churches there established. So as they went through there, being kicked out of towns, being stoned to be thought to be dead, they turn around to go back and there's churches. Hallelujah. What a great thing that the Holy Spirit can do. And our journey... We could retrace some steps and go back to visit some people and go to places where we've been before. And we might have the occasion to, be, to see people that we had influenced in our lives. Maybe you're a Sunday school teacher and you, last time you saw that young person, they were uh, in elementary school and now they're a young adult. And you may be blessed to have them mention to you about how, what a good Sunday school teacher you were and how that impacted their lives. Or... You may find 20 years later your children or your grandchildren mention areas that you influenced them you didn't know. Or other friends, uh, co-workers, bosses, you know, times that they mention uh, what a blessing you were or things that you said that you didn't know you'd forgotten about. What a great thing. And they're coming back now um, to over to Cyprus and they preach the word again there and then they came all the way back. Go back a couple of slides there. Um, they came all the way back to Antioch, where they had been. And they came all the way back to Antioch. And, they get mad, and in verse 27, they came and they gathered with the church together, and they reported all that God had done with them. And how he opened the door to the faith of the Gentiles. And this was really important because the faith now had been spread to more than just the Hebrews and the Jewish churches. Now there was a multitude of Gentile churches planted in Turkey and Syria. And you know, the world was never the same. There's, uh, I've been reading a good book by a, an atheist, and he talks about how Christianity changed the world. Uh, Tom Holland in uh, Dominion. And it's just amazing to realize what but Paul and Peter in their understanding of the way of Jesus Christ, how it changed uh, to the Gentiles, how it changed the world um, for the good. As God wants, it's his world. He wants it. And we can always remember in Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will carry it on completion till the day of Christ. Okay. Now, now number, number six. There, yeah, there we go. So I just put some things up there. The, uh, you know, our, your life journey called by God to the Holy Spirit. Uh, God is leading you. Let him lead you through your journey. 
We will have opposition. It's not going to be super easy. Got to remember uh, the amazing things that God has done. You know, like that song, with, I'm like a ship without the Lord. I'm like a ship without a sail. Our journey will be different than maybe our friends who don't know the Lord. You know, somebody from high school. Um, and now we're going to our 50th, 51st high school reunion next year. And I was totally amazed that when we went to, say, the 10th high school reunion, we haven't lived in Fort Dodge for a long time, 10th high school reunion, and nobody from there is going to be watching this, that the, the kids who were drunken bums in high school, 10 years later, are still drunken bums. So, so, you know, you can be in high school with them or part of your life, and then you follow the Lord. It's going to be different. Our journey is totally going to be different. The Old Testament is important to know, you know, especially the prophecies and the depth of what this, of uh, salvation on the cross, the depth of our salvation and death on the cross runs. It says we should run our race with endurance. And you don't have to stay in a situation that's bad, um, that's where you're not welcomed. Okay. I've gone through all these pages, so... We just thank the Lord for uh, his, his word and the, uh, the stories uh, of Paul in the, Old Test- in the New Testament of bringing the, the word to the Lord. So uh, the worship team can come up now. Thank you, Will. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about our church, our live stream, and our in-person services at BethelCove.org. Thanks and have a great week.